Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to Inverse. My name is Justin Kim, and in the studio we have uh, Sebastian and Callie on hey. my right, and then on my left we have Jonathan. Hey. Aloha. And you're watching Inverse, and uh, we are so happy that you are with us, whether it's through podcast or through satellite or through video or through whatever medium that you're watching through. Uh, we are studying the Bible, and that's what we do on this show. We study the Bible, and we talk, and then we <laughs> may laugh occasionally. And uh, we want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and look at the Bible study guide on God first. We are looking at different narratives, different vignettes, and different uh, stories in the Bible of givers and of giving. Uh, we're looking at the story of Isaac. Uh, this week, we're looking at the topic of the altruistic giver. And to start off, we'll go to Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 21. Uh, as we always do, we want to have a word of prayer as we read the Holy Written Word. And we ask Jonathan, can you pray for us? Sure, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege we have to open your word again, diving deep into the topic of giving and living selfless lives. Lord, we want to understand that better and what that means for us. We pray that you will uh, send your spirit to teach us through your word, and uh, not just us, but everyone who is listening in and watching. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan Walter. Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 9, and Kali Buruchara. Can you read verse 9 onwards (laughs) for us? (laughs) Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Mm. Beloved, Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Yeah, so this is a weird passage on <laughs> Isaac. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're reading these. This is an interesting. Sebastian, what is the connection <laughs> between this and Isaac? Tell us. Tell us. Excellent question. Yes. I was waiting for you to ask. Yes. <laughs> um, so essentially, we're, we're dealing with this, this idea that the desire for selfless gain in aggrandizement, if I can use that Ooh. word. Mm, it works. It's a good word. word. Add that to your reading enrichment list <laughs> this week. Um, this can destroy your purpose um, in your ability to glorify God, mm. and this ultimately destroys the relationships in your life, as mm. Romans 12 is trying to highlight. Mm-hmm. So in terms of how you treat people, the desire for gain, 
not using your gifts to bless and encourage other people, you can imagine if the things were missing from this list, Mm. what type of church would exist in Rome. Mm. And in the same sense, Isaac becomes a very um, almost archetype, you know, sort of a main character illustration Mm. of this altruistic giver. Altruistic. Right. Wow, we're going into the high, high. Yeah, uh, absolutely. No, and it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we're breaking out of the thesaurus. <laughs> what I like about this passage, and it's, I think it relates much to the story we're going to look at today, yep. is um, the fact that it shows that the life of giving, a life of, of you know, um, other centeredness, is not just about you know giving money mm. uh, or even time, but it's also how you react mm. in certain situations. And as Christians, it's you know, the gospel goes as far as to how do you react to those who persecute you? How do you, do you react to those mm-hmm. who, who mean evil, uh, who, who have no good intentions towards mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. And the gospel says, treat them well, mm-hmm. be kind to them, love them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that is part of this um, stewardship of grace that we have been given, the part of the lifestyle of giving and reflecting the character of God. And, and Paul, of all people, has, you know, exemplified that pretty amazingly in his mm-hmm. life. You mm-hmm. know, every time he's persecuted, you know, he rejoices and he blesses those who, who mistreat him. So I just, I, I just think this is really, um, it speaks really to my heart to think about how I react to people mm-hmm. as a matter of how do I, how, what, are, what are the steward I am of grace, the grace that God has given mm-hmm. me and how, you know, how I give that to other people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I really appreciate this passage. Uh, there's a lot of practical things there, a lot of fortune cookie passages, what I call like, <laughs> do this and don't do this and do like very, very pithy, very, you know, yeah. uh, good stuff cool. that really no one can argue with. Uh, maybe a couple of things you can argue with. Uh, but <laughs> I, I do appreciate as someone who is of Asian descent of, a, of the Eastern world and who has been born and educated in the Western world, there is a dichotomy between the virtues of the East and the virtues of the West. Mm. The, the West really extol those uh, individualistic virtues, just as integrity and holiness and honesty and authenticity and being real and being who you are and finding your your purpose and and you know you really don't care about anyone else around you it's just you find your true self and and there's a lot of good stuff in that mm-hmm. and the eastern world kind of goes to the other extreme where it's like you need to have generosity towards those around you you treat others as with with honor and with mm-hmm. respect and then it's not about self, self-denial and humility, and you extol those around us. So you have individuality, individualism, and you have collectivism. And mm-hmm. obviously the two, without God, clash heavily. And mm-hmm. you see, and there's just tons of movies about, you know, the, the one European white guy who goes to Asia, and he has to learn <laughs> all these things. And then well, that one Asian guy <laughs> who goes to Europe and is like, what? And just, is, you have all this clashing going on. Uh, maybe some of you out there have uh, intercultural relationships and, uh, out there, and there's these virtues that clash. But what we find here is that when you're rooted in Christ, mm. that those individual virtues are taken care of as Christ as your creator, but it should, mm. it must impact your social ethic around yeah. you. And you look at there, it says there, you know, uh, hypocrisy, you have uh, patient in tribulation, blessing those who persecute you, rejoicing with those who rejoice, being same with one another. I mean, these are all social collective kind of uh, being given to hospitality to. Mm-hmm. Yes. giving to hospitality and then your enemies also that you have to to deal with um, so let's go to Genesis chapter 26 chapter 26 I was just oh, I'm waxing eloquent there didn't mean to mm. but let's go to Genesis 26 <laughs> and we're looking at the the giver vignette the giving vignette of um, Isaac and let's read uh, in chapter 26 
verses 1 to, to 5. And Sebastian, can you read that for us? Sure. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Okay, and, and the narrative continues there in chapter 26. Jonathan, kind of give us a synopsis of what's happening mm-hmm. in, in chapter 26. Well, we see uh, Isaac, uh, the son of Abraham, he now has his own tribe, his own people, mm-hmm. and um, he is faced with a crisis. He's in the area of you know modern-day Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's facing a crisis, which is a famine in the land, and uh, he is... You know, uh, he 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 resorts to going to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. So that's more on the coastline of of Israel there. Mm. And um, God tells him, "Don't go to Egypt, because I will be with you." God here renews his covenant uh, that he gave with Abraham, yes. uh, with Isaac. Yes. And uh, so Isaac, who has you know some wealth and grown this people, and uh, you know he he is now in the presence of other people. And that can cause some tension. There can be some issues if you you know this outsider shows up and says, you know, I'm going to stay here for a while, uh, especially when there's a famine, there's outside pressures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in the rest of the chapter, uh, some of these issues become more uh, evident, mm-hmm. uh, some of the, the tension between uh, Abimelech's people and Isaac and his people. Mm-hmm. You wanted more? Yeah, <laughs> yes. and so uh, what's, what's the He's like, keep milking. With? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're going, good. Sure, sure. So what we see here, of course, there's the story of we're probably going to jump over that with Rebecca. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, to the well part. The, to the well part. So yeah. this, yeah. So this, let me think. Of this, this. Um, <clears throat> so they they dig wells because you need water. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go. Let's go to twenty six. Let's go to sure. verse twenty six. You want to read it? And then, um, and then, uh, yeah. Why don't you read it? Verse okay, 26. sure. So then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuseth and one of his friends and Fickle, the commander of his army. And Isaac says to them, "Why have you come to me, since you hate me and have sent me away from you?" So what we have what we had seen was that uh, you know the the people of Abimelech were kind of um, pushing Isaac and his people away. They were you know destroying their wells, and and so Isaac and his people they they just kind of they they get away. You know mm-hmm. they don't want to be in the midst of all this, and and so they move away. But now Abimelech and his uh, friends show up. Mm-hmm. And. Anything else? <laughs> yeah, let's go to well, verse 20. Well, <laughs> okay, right, right, Sebastian. well, I just wanted to, yeah. to highlight two things that I think are important in this, okay. this giving experience. The yeah. first one is in verse 2, we see that, um, in verse 1, sorry, that there was a reference to the first famine that Abraham was in when Abraham was called. Mm-hmm. And this is the first story in Genesis that is solely focused on Isaac. Mm. So it only makes sense that God would renew his covenant, but then there's a, refer- a reference to the immediate call of Abraham when he was first called mm-hmm. and there was a famine. Mm-hmm. And what did Abraham do? He went to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And it's ironic that they make the same mistake, even though one went to Egypt, one did not, right? He said his <laughs> wife was his sister. Mm. But here you find that God stops him 
and says, you need to not follow the example of your father. You need to follow my leading in terms of when you surrender your life to God and you give yourself wholly to him, mm-hmm. he chooses where you give, where you serve. You've already chosen him as the leader. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we look at the precedent of who has been successful before us in the past. And I mean, in Isaac's mind, who's more successful than Abraham? Daddy. And so it's like, wow, that's what my father did. Mm-hmm. That, and God blessed him, right, in all things when it was time for him to find a wife. Mm. So we have to be very, very careful in our giving that we just don't look at the precedent of other people. Mm. And you hear these testimonies where people are like, yeah, you know, I gave 80% of my income and this is how God blessed me. And mm. now I have five houses. Right. <laughs> and then we're just like, wow, like I'm gonna follow the Abraham mm. and do what he did versus in this time of famine, God is asking Isaac to do something different mm-hmm. because he understands the human tendency to do that, mm-hmm. to make methods out of the success and the blessings that God has given to someone else in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think this is critically important that as an altruistic giver, and as you highlighted in Romans 12, it's not about um, this, this idea of, you know what, I'm going to give only in these ways that I see can bring me benefit from what I can perceive in the situation. Because in Isaac's mind, like, why would I stay in a land of famine? Mm-hmm. But in God's mind is, you don't understand. I can bless you in a land of famine. Mm-hmm. Just like I blessed Abraham when he went down to Egypt. Mm-hmm. So it's the trust in God is what's at the very heart of an altruistic giver. And it's there, well, in the midst of the, the, the famine that he's there with the um, Abimelech. Yeah. And he's there as a witness to them. Yes. Know, right? So if he had gone to Egypt, God wouldn't have blessed them material-wise, but he also missed the opportunity mm-hmm. for Absolutely. this opportunity. And it says there that, oh, where is it? Where is it? So verse 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says that they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with mm. you. Amen. Question, question, question. When, when someone sees God in you, what is that? Is that some kind of, you know, supernatural? Like, oh, <laughs> the Lord must be with the you. hovering. Oh, I, I'm into the <laughs> Or, or what, what is that? When you see God in someone, and especially the weird thing is people who do not know God, they see God in you. What are they seeing? Mm-hmm. What is that? I think it's the, the, the character of God that yes. they be produced in that person's life. So what is that? I mean, you see the character of God, of course, through love. Mm. First and foremost, that's the foundation, uh, a selfless love, uh, and then also in kindness and mercy. In the, and as we said in Romans 12, like how you react to certain situations mm-hmm. uh, in this chapter uh, that I have been terrible in explaining earlier, <laughs> you see, <laughs> you see that Isaac is, you know, he he does not react with, you know, he could attack. If you look at verse um, verse sixteen, he yes. says, Abimelech said to Isaac, "Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we." Mm-hmm. Isaac is powerful, mm-hmm. and even though you know they are destroying the wells of Abraham and they are, you know, just being annoying, horrible to them, yeah. yeah. Isaac is not, he could be like attacking them. He could react in a worldly way, which would have been common in those days Mm -hmm. uh, to to just, you know, uh, take control of the area. Mm -hmm. And Isaac doesn't do that. And and that's probably other aspects as well. They probably saw that Isaac is prospering, even though he doesn't have his own city. He doesn't have his own, you know, land. Mm -hmm. He's he's wandering around. How is he prospering? Um, God is blessing him. And so I think it's the character, it's, um, it's the, you know, the, the wealth, all these things that are there are, they are becoming evident as but I would add a, theme with him. I would add a refinement to that, right? Because yeah. it's, it's the, A, the treatment you said. I'm mightier than you. I could be bullying you. I yeah. could be lording it over you. But I'm constantly taking the L. 
I'm the one that's losing every single time there's a conflict. Does L mean loser? Like a loss, okay. right? Oh, oh, a loss. Sorry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> He's taking a loss. Oh, w is winning. Justin, okay. but you're younger than me. I, but I can't even say you're telling your age. But for those who may not know the sports American context that you're speaking <laughs> Taking from. the L means they lost. A hot okay. L, like sizzling fresh out of the, you know. Oh, okay. Okay. sizzling. Anyway. <laughs> Go so ahead. Go ahead. He, Finish the thought. <laughs> he's, taking, he's taking a loss. Yeah. You know, every single time is they fill up his wells, and he's yeah. like, all right, well, I'll move another one. They dig another one, then they fill that well. Then they dig another one, and then they fill that well. It's like, okay. So, so this, this, this story, like, how does it speak to today? Mm. I feel like it speaks very sharply to today. How does it? One thing that sticks out to me yes. is I, it does actually have a connection back to, remember when we read Romans earlier? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's actually a connection there. Is Romans 12, yeah. verse 18 sticks out, yep. which is, um, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Yes. And Isaac has so many rights that it wasn't like he was... It, he wasn't grabbing for something like, oh yeah, it'd be great. Like, you have jurisdiction here. This is yours. Those are your dad's wells. <laughs> this is your land. God is on your side. Like, yep. you're mighty. You, you have so many reasons to conquer these people or mm-hmm. to at, le- at the very least react in kind. Mm-hmm. But he sacrifices that right for the sake of the gospel, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what Paul talks about in the New Testament. Of He had so many rights to do things, but I yeah. lay down my rights for the sake of the gospel. And then you used it for the sake of the gospel, and I totally agree with that. Yeah. But in this context, uh, for the sake of the gospel, we can, we can say that in, when we look back at it. Mm. But he's also doing it maybe in his words for the people's sake. Yeah. Yeah? Is that another yeah. way of yeah, putting yeah. it? I think, yeah, definitely. I was using the gospel just because that's what Paul said. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Totally agree. Absolutely. But even yeah. in the gospel, just part of the gospel, too, is just you're extending that same kind of love from Christ to other yeah. people. Even though he was in the right. Like, yeah. He yeah, was, he was totally right. He had every right. He had the means. He had the, and, and, and it's easy for, like, according to justice sake, according to mm. my right sake, according to my, 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 what my I deserve. self-worth mm. and deserve. Yeah. And, and Romans 12. He had every reason going for him. Yes, and yeah. do not repay evil for evil, mm. yeah. right? Yeah. So that's another element for Romans and 12. We've talked perfect. about it a lot in different episodes, too, but this was, I believe it was a complete act of faith on Isaac's part. Mm. Yes. Of, he wasn't like, totally. well, you know, I'm just, I'm scared, so that's why I'm not doing it. No. Or mm-hmm. maybe I think they're right. Like Isaac was at peace with what God had said to him. Mm-hmm. Isaac was at peace with how God was leading him and, and using him. And he didn't feel the need to exert yeah. his right. His, his focus was about on, on God's name, on God's reputation and his mm-hmm. character and not... Oh, the things that, as you mentioned, that I deserve. Like, because mm-hmm. he legally, I mean, he he could claim these yes. things. And in, in the same way today, you ask him, how is this relevant for us today? Yes. In, in this culture today, we are very much about, you know, justice and what I deserve and all these things. And you have a right to it. But what the gospel teaches is, if it helps someone else to bring him closer to God, we are called to give up what is rightly ours. You look at Jesus. He's the king of the universe. And he <laughs> gave up all of that dominion when he stepped into our reality. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, for the sake of being close to us, for the sake of providing salvation for us. Mm. Uh, and so we're called to imitate that. And I think Isaac, uh, whether he was aware of it or not, he was led by the Spirit mm-hmm. and exemplified that in yeah. a powerful way. And, and, and also consider the fact that this shows you, Justin, also today, how our love of money, our love of gain can ruin our purpose mm. and our mission, where sometimes we make prosperity 
which is how the prosperity gospel really gains hold. Because all of us look at it and we, we sit and scratch our heads and like, how are people buying this? Mm-hmm. How are people really swallowing this and applying this to their lives? Like, mm-hmm. why are Christians poor? And we act as if every Christian should be wealthy. Mm-hmm. When Jesus wasn't wealthy and he is the Christian, like right. we're following him. Mm-hmm. But this is the perception is that why are Christians poor? God wants to bless you. Mm-hmm. And it's the love of money and the love of gain parading under the garb of religion. Mm-hmm. When we see that that love of money, that love of gain will destroy your purpose and your mission. Mm-hmm. If Isaac holds on to his rights and says, no, I want to gain compounded by the fact that there's a famine. Mm-hmm. So it's like even more reason why you want to grasp for what is yours Good rightfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's still not doing that because he understands that above all of this is my mission, calling and the covenant that I have with God. God will not fail me. And, and I think that's critical mm-hmm. today that a lot of people get caught up in that. They're not willing to take a loss for the sake of their mission yeah. and purpose. Are there people who, can, who take that loss, uh, who sacrifice themselves... And they're not Christ. They're, they're, it's not. It's not Christian. It's not. It's not Christ-based. Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how how is that different from those who are? Who do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you understand I, the question. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Think, John, I, I, I don't keep know if boring I you because I'm my left, and so I'm so sorry about that. It's okay. Yeah. I'm the outsider today. <laughs> okay. I get we it. We still love you, Jonathan. Yes. Justin, do you want to? I mean, Jonathan, you want to get something off your chest? We're, we're here. We're on the show. You know, Justin, you want to mediate? <laughs> I deserve this. You deserve this. (laughs) It is my right. So um, I don't know if I can answer your question, but I think the principle of selflessness, whether activated and engaged in um, within Christianity or not within Christianity, it's still the principle of selflessness. Yeah. Um, And 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 other centeredness. That's that is not something that is you know uh, just something a Christian can do. Mm -hmm. We are called to do it. But it can happen outside of that. But there is a blessing in it. And I think a lot of people, um, you know you know how Jesus sometimes calls people who, from an outside perspective, do not look like they're on, on his track. You know, he eats with sinners and prostitutes and all these people who yeah. he hung out with. And yet he calls them closer to God than the Pharisees. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there are, whether other, you know, Christians or non-Christians, there are individuals who have understood that Living self-sacrificially is the greatest blessing in life because there is a, there is a net, it's almost like a natural law. If you live like that, there is a it it brings you a, altruism brings you a joy and a a satisfaction in life that is beyond what you can get from just taking. Mm-hmm. And I believe some individuals uh, who enge- who live these kind of lives, even though they might not call themselves Christian, might be closer to the kingdom of heaven than some Christians. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's um, certainly possible to to do these things out of a wrong motivation, nevertheless. And, and that's exactly, because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the, the prodigal son's older brother, okay. where mm-hmm. it's like in mm-hmm. the parable in, in Luke 15, okay. and it's just like, Tell oh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I sacrificed all these years, I obeyed you, I did everything, right. and you never cut the fatted calf for me. You <laughs> never so got it out the outward externality is the same as these people who sacrifice, but yeah. internally they're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, like time. for them, they feel yep. like it entitles them, Yep. Yeah. right? In the, in the end. Yep. Yeah, and I see a 3D example. I'm just going to share. 3D. Yeah, I'm mm. going to share my, my husband's <laughs> business right now. Mm. Um, so my husband, David, <laughs> is a self-proclaimed, so yeah, he's a recovering people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And so he'll tell me certain things about how he's changing the way he views things. And to me, I'm like, baby, you look the same. Like, you're doing the same things. You've always just, he's always been so helpful ever since I've met him. And he's still very helpful, very others-focused, very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. But he's like, yeah, but early on it was because... 
I'm trying to like, if I give, then I'll get. Mm. Mm. Or I'm trying to manipulate people's perspectives of maybe you'll finally like me, maybe you'll finally give me approval, or mm. maybe right. you'll do what I want you to do if I just give enough. Mm. Yep. And so it can look, because I'm like, baby, you look the same. <laughs> <laughs> but to him, it's like, well, it's different if I do this for you. And I'm not like, man, Callie better do this for me because I did that. I'm just like, I do this for Callie because I love her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it can look the same, mm -hmm. but it is completely different. And it is a completely different indication of a level of spirituality mm -hmm. and an, an awareness of who God is. Mm. Uh, what, what do we tell these people, these, these people who have their wells consistently broken, mm. who are consistently, cons consistently bullied? What do we tell mm. the older brother who's been sacrificing and quiet for years? Do we just tell them, just, just keep on going? Like who are, who are, they're hurting. I mean, they are, they're taking on a hit. Yeah. What do we tell them? Mm. I, I would tell the older brother something different than the yeah, okay, people, okay, okay. so yeah. I'm just going to participate in that. Okay. So their motives are different, but, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, no, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what, do we, what do we tell them? I, I speak to myself more because I have definitely come from a place of being the older brother. Okay. And so for me... Sister. The elder sister, that's true. <laughs> you're right, you're right. And so yeah. <laughs> for me, what, what I missed is what the older brother missed, mm. is you had everything but you didn't see it. You were with your father. Mm -hmm. But all you saw was your labor and your suffering. Mm -hmm. But you mm -hmm. completely missed out on the relationship that it was your privilege to have. Mm -hmm. And so for those kinds of approaches, I would say, like, you already have all the things that will make you happy. The fatted calf isn't going to do it for you. Because the relationship with God would have made the hurt less. Yeah, and it would have made it doable. It mm -hmm. would have made it less about you. Mm -hmm. Like, I've, I've been through some very bad experiences, and it was while I was doing ministry. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, Jesus, this, this is the worst. Mm -hmm. But what made those burdens able to be carried is because Jesus carried them for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't wear them as badges of honor that I was a martyr for Christ. Mm -hmm. I was like, Jesus, please take them and heal them for me. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm talking to the older brother or people with that mentality is, it's not even like you have to change something drastically or go to somewhere else. It's you need to ad adjust the posture of your heart mm -hmm. and see your father who's been with you the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I, good, I, I, I would further, powerful. Powerful. further develop that even into when Jesus washed the disciples' feet in John 13, he's, mm -hmm. the, the Bible tells us that when Jesus, knowing that he was from the father mm -hmm. and that he was going to the father That's right. and that the father delivered all things into his hands, he girded himself and he washed their feet. Yeah. So you see the humility. Game over. I mean, what, 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 what are you saying? Yeah, I was yeah. So it's, 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 the, it's the ultimate recognition of what Callie was alluding to, uh, but I just want to flesh it completely out, which is you're, at, you're complaining about something you already have. Sure. You already own it. Yeah. So it's like, well, you cut the fatted calf. It's like everything I have is yours. Mm -hmm. You already had access to the fat. You could cut the fatted calf Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday if you wanted to. But it, it's... It's the, the mindset that Jesus, knowing that, led him to humble himself. And I think that's the, the, the critical piece there is if I'm going through that, I, I need to be able to humble myself, as Jesus did, in the recognition that I have all things and that there's nothing that the locusts have robbed mm. that God cannot restore, unmodified, yeah. as if I never lost. This, this lesson is on, is on Christian altruism. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, what I'm, what my, take, my takeaway is that God is looking for people whom he can put a burden on, mm. right? Mm. This burden is for whom can who we can take care of other people around us. But that burden, although very heavy, 
is a very light burden mm -hmm. yeah. because God carries that burden for us. He just needs willing people to mm -hmm. be the venue for that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And often in our fear of that, we just want to be by ourselves and we result in, results on this happiness. Uh, this has been a heavy episode. Uh, I've been personally pricked myself. Hopefully you've been pricked maybe. Let us know <laughs> on, on your comments on social media. But God bless you. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.